This week, France's competition authority fined Google 500 million euros for failing to negotiate good faith with news organizations around the use of their digital data and content. This fine follows other regulatory actions against big tech all around the world, including in China and the US. It begs the question, what does the future hold for digital data regulation? In this edition of Commerce Code, the future of digital data regulation. I'm Silvio Tavares here in San Francisco. This is Commerce Code, brought to you by DCA, the Digital Commerce Alliance. It's great to be with you. It has now become almost cliche to complain about how big tech companies are inappropriately using digital data including personal data. Many major tech companies, including Facebook, Google, Amazon, and Alipay, have recently been hauled before national regulators and both fined and publicly shamed. It's been happening so frequently that it has practically become a weekly tradition among regulators around the world. It's sort of like a regular cat and mouse game between regulators and big tech. But the question is, Will this dance between tech and regulators continue, or will it all change fundamentally in some way? Now, a new crop of technology companies believe that the game is actually changing in a profound way. They believe that ultimately, the right answer is for consumers to be in control of their data and for them to be the final arbiters of who gets to use their data and for what. Rather than shy away from new regulatory mandates around data protection, these new companies are actually embracing these rules and making innovative and new business models around them. Today, we speak with one of these companies called Pentadata. A Forbes article was published this week that caused quite a stir. In it, Pentadata's CTO argues, and I quote, consumers should give explicit consent before their data is accessed. They should decide which organizations can use their financial and payments data, end quote. It's not exactly what we're used to hearing out of Silicon Valley. Jack Baratote is the chief legal counsel for Pentadata, and he's on the show with us today. He's a lawyer and an expert in data privacy, and he's a veteran of one of the earliest financial data aggregation companies, Yodli. We discuss with him digital privacy and what's coming next in digital data. Hey, good morning, Jacques. How are you? Good morning, Sylvia. I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm here on the San Francisco Peninsula. It's a sunny day. And uh, where are you today? I am actually here at home in Oakland, California, where it is not quite so sunny. It's uh, more of the typical overcast that we have here. Yeah, it's funny. We're just like a few miles apart across the bay, and we have totally different weather, which is a, a unique aspect of the microclimates of Northern California. You're the chief legal counsel for Pentadata. One of the ways that companies gain access to people's financial data is they ask them for permission, maybe a bank username and password. How does Pentadata go about gaining access to a consumer's financial data? And also related to that, why are consumers willing to opt in to share their financial data? That's a great question. I think I'd start by saying that 
one of Pentadata's core tenets is transparency. And this really means informing the consumer about how Pentadata will use their data and not burying it in legalese. It's not going to be at the bottom of some 20-page long terms of use. They put it front and center. They say, you know, we're going to use your data for X, Y, and Z. Do you agree to that? They make it plain and simple. I think that consumers really like that transparency and knowing where their data is going, how it's being used. And of course, Pentadata only uses data when it's been fully permissioned by that consumer. Consumers are really willing to opt into this type of access because they recognize that Pentadata and applications that utilize Pentadata can provide them benefits from sharing that data. This can be in the form of card-linked offers, cash back, account aggregation, improving your financial standing and other really helpful financial tools that I myself use. And, you know, you've been an attorney in this space for quite some time. If I remember correctly, you were an attorney at Yodley, which was one of the early pioneers in this space of accessing people's financial data for apps. And you fast forward to today and virtually every app I open, whether it's on my phone or if I visit a website, there's a pop-up and it has all this legal jargon about cookies and data. So it's sometimes difficult as a consumer to understand what that means. What would be your advice? Like as a consumer, what should I be looking for when I see these pop-ups come up? What should I be looking for to help me protect my data? It's a really interesting phenomenon that that you mentioned, and I think it's really become prominent in the last year or two. These cookie disclosures and consents not only have governments taken action to protect consumers in the form of legislation like CCPA and GDPR, but we're actually starting to see companies like Apple take the same steps forward to protect their customers. You know, in the most recent iOS operating system update on the iPhone, Apple now prompts its users to give permission for apps that track the user. This is pretty similar to the concept of the cookie pop-ups that you mentioned. And usually on the cookie pop-ups, as well as, for instance, the iOS tracking prompt, there's going to be some kind of explanation or a link to an explanation as to what they're doing with that information. And if you do care about how your data is being used on the internet, I, I encourage you to follow those links, read up on how that particular website, how that application is using your data, and then make an informed decision if you want your information to be a part of that activity. Yeah, it's really interesting. And the key point, as you've said, is you have to read as a consumer. This is really important data and you want to know how it's being used. And now companies are required to tell you that. So we talked about what a consumer needs to do to protect themselves. There are a lot of companies like Plaid and Facebook that have actually been sued by banks and regulators for misusing consumer data. And as a company, you don't want to be one of those that are labeled as a bad actor. What should companies be doing to avoid being labeled as an organization that misuses consumer data? In my mind, it's all about transparency, transparency, transparency. These companies really should be transparent with their users about how exactly they're using their data. And, you know, I think it goes without saying, but don't use data in illegal ways. <laughs> use some common sense. There's lots of resources out there. There's some great attorneys out there, like myself, who'd be happy to help companies like that better understand the data ecosystem, the current regulations, the current best practices, so that they can avoid being labeled an organization that misuses consumer data, because it's sort of a death knell for them. It's really not something a company wants to be labeled. 
Yeah, and not to mention expensive. Those fines uh, can add up, <laughs> not to mention the brand damage that happens. Now, I was just reading up on the company and Forbes published one of Penadata's article on data ownership. And basically, your view at your company is that financial data belongs to the consumer. And that article got a lot of people's attention. Are you guys out on a limb here? Do regulators in the U.S. and Europe really support the belief that consumers own their financial data? I would say Pentadata is definitely not out on a limb on that point. Without a doubt, regulators across the world do support the consumer ownership of financial data. And I think that this is probably most obvious in the concept of data portability. What that essentially means is that the consumer has the right to request their data from companies, applications that may be holding their data in a portable form. And there's no actual federal legislation right now that really has this concept, although there is the Dodd-Frank Act from 2010, which did address consumer access to financial records. And the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, the CFPB, they're actually currently in the process of rulemaking pursuant to that aspect of the Dodd-Frank Act. And ultimately, probably fall or winter 2021, they will release rules related to the portability and control of consumer data. You're very experienced in this space, have worked with a number of the leading Silicon Valley companies in financial data. As you look out to the future, what do you think is likely to happen in the regulatory and legal framework around financial data? Are we going to have something like GDPR in the U.S.? Is there going to be much more stringent financial data regulation in the future? I think we're definitely going to see that. You know, in, in the last election in 2020, California passed a new form of CCPA. I think it's the CDPA, which essentially is CCPA2, which creates a number of different protections and regulations in California related to consumer financial information. It even creates a brand new agency in the California government to enforce all of these laws. So not only are we seeing new legislation, we're already seeing states building on their existing legislation. And ultimately, I think that this is going to result in a federal level piece of legislation that will come out that will essentially address a lot of these concerns and sort of unify all of the laws in the country to make them all consistent with one another so that California is operating in one way while Washington's operating in another and Delaware is operating in this way. I think that that creates a lot of confusion and I think that it just makes it more difficult for businesses to function in the United States. And so I think that ultimately we will see a federal level law that addresses the use of consumer financial information. Well, you heard it here first, listeners, GDPR US version coming up soon. Jacques, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Really appreciated your insights. Thanks so much, Silvio. It's been a pleasure. That's Jack Barato, the Chief Legal Counsel for Pentadata, speaking to us from Oakland, California. Coming right up, some closing thoughts on the future of digital data. There's an old saying in legal circles, and it goes something like this. Possession is nine-tenths the law. It's an expression meaning that ownership is easier to maintain if one has possession of something, or difficult to enforce if one does not. And when you apply that principle to data ownership, it highlights the fundamental struggle at play that we discussed on the show. 
consumers don't have full possession of their digital data. Until they do, it won't be very easy for consumers to enforce their rights. And that's why this principle of data portability is so important and why so many regulators have implemented it in new regulations. Data portability allows consumers to download their data from any digital platform and share it with whoever they wish. Therefore, they're possessing it and enforcing their ownership. In many ways, that is the future of digital data. And the companies that facilitate this data portability and these new consumer rights, those companies will win. Those that don't enforce these data portability rights, they won't. It's that simple. To find out more about digital data and consumer rights, check out our website at digcomall.org. That's www.digcomall.org. For the Digital Commerce Alliance, take care of yourself and take care of each other. God bless you. This is Silvio Tavares signing off. <laughs>